All right, well, thank you for joining us. Um, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're listening on our podcast, uh, we are gathered today, Jeff and I, to continue our John series in John chapter 14. We've just had our Easter weekend, yep. Good Friday, Easter Sunday, which was just terrific. Um, you know, really celebrating the, the core essence of the Christian faith. Um, and we've been doing our series on John's Gospel for quite a while and we just didn't want to miss this part of it because next Sunday when we gather at Bensville and Tumby we'll be in John chapter 15. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to spend a little bit of time unpacking John chapter 14. And um, to, before we get into it, where, where have we come from, Jeff? Where, where have, what's John been saying up to this point? Yep, well, just the last couple of weeks we've been in John 13. And so the last, last little while, I think, when did it happen? Was it in John 12? We got to the point, I think, at the, at the end of John, in John 12, where they were in, like, the, the, the Lord's Supper, celebrating yep. Passover. And then in John, church, John chapter 13, um, John chapter 13, they're at the Passover celebration. That's where Jesus decides to wash his disciples' feet. Um, then also at that meal, he begins predicting his own betrayal. I'm not going to be with you yep. um, for very long. And then he starts, uh, uh, he predicts Peter's denial as well. So lots of really significant stuff in John 13. Like, like Jesus is really starting to, to load a lot of confusing and kind of troubling yeah, content yep, yep. On, on, the, on the fellas and on, on the ladies there um, at this meal and probably the bit to call out out there is just this focus on love like Jesus gets really clear I think it's verse 35 it's your love for one another that's going to prove to the world yeah. that you are my yep. disciples and so that theme we're going to see that echo on through mm. just the centrality of of love and not only echo through we're about to hit chapter 14 and if you've got one of those Bibles with red writing, yes. the stuff where Jesus speaks, chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, it's nearly There's all red writing, red. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, we just want to take our time and, and dig into that. So let, let me kick off. We're just going to slowly go through the passage, and I'm just going to read the first four verses of chapter 14. Jesus speaking, he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If, that's, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Mm. Yeah, we'll just pause there. So don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. So remember, like, the the, these chapter breaks, this is kind of an imposition on the text later on. Yes. So there were no, obviously no, no chapter breaks in the original text. So going straight on from talking about um, Jesus' betrayal and Peter's going to deny him, and he, he says, like, fellas, hang on, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. There's a bigger picture here than, than some of this stuff that you're concerned about mm. right now. Yep. Yep. And then he talks about, you know, I'm going to prepare room in my father's house, my father's home. And the only other time in John's gospel that Jesus references his father's home or his father's house yeah. um, was right back when he cleared out the temple. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, and the temple was this picture of 
the connection between heaven and earth. And it's been that picture right through the Gospels, well, not only the Gospels, the, the biblical narrative. And so, um, yeah, as, as I was exploring that just a little bit, I was reading one of um, Tom Wright's commentaries, N.T. Wright, and he, he just made this thing that, um, that grabbed me. He said, Jesus is just hinting here about you know, preparing places in his father's house is hinting at the redemption and the recreation of all things, the new city, yeah, yeah. the new world, and there's going to be room for everybody mm-hmm. in the new creation. And, and this is a little bit of what yep. Jesus is inferring here. Yeah, like that whole idea of temple. Temple is the dwelling place of God. So yeah. that, that is, that is where, where God lives. Yeah. And so even here, this promise that I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come and get you so that you're always going to be with me mm-hmm. where I am. That's the whole yeah. promise around temple. We see that at the end in Revelation, don't we? Like yeah. there's, there's no temple in the city because God's home is with his people. And this is the point I think the disciples were starting to stress about, that Jesus was starting to talk about, I'm going away. Yes. I'm leaving. Yep. And, and so straight away they're thinking, our, our lives have changed. They've been yep. turned upside down because we've been with you. Yep. And Jesus is just saying, hang on, you will continue to be with me, maybe in a way that you don't expect. Yep. But even for that eternal aspect, you're going to be with me. I'm going to make sure of that. You're going to be with you. You'll be with me. Yep. You'll always be with me where I am. am. And yep. so that's, a good, that's going to be a good question too, isn't it? Like in terms of like, well, where... Where is yeah. he? Where, where is, are you? Where are yeah. you, Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know the way. So you yeah. know it. You know the way to where I am. And we're going we're gonna to see, see this picked up in a That's moment it. as yep. well. Yep. Mm. Well, I keep going. Yeah. So from verse 5. Um, so Jesus says in verse 4, you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas says. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, then you would know who, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Yeah, that's great. And this is one of those really key I am statements. Yeah. Remember right back when we started exploring John's gospel, there were seven key mm. I am statements. And this, this is probably one of the most significant ones. Yeah. Um, I am the way, the truth and the life. Um, that I am phrase, tell yep. us a little bit about that and where that links back into. It, it's been interesting. We've seen through John 2, um, John's really, really deliberately tying everything that we're seeing with Jesus back to the Moses and Exodus yep. narrative. Yes. And so this, this is an, another one of those examples. So where, where God actually revealed his identity to Moses, um, he actually did so in, in saying, I, I am, I mm. am that I am. Um, when, when God was sending Moses uh, back to Pharaoh, he said, this is what you're to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. So, so this, this is like a really clear thing, like John's wanting to equate the identity of Jesus to the identity of Yahweh yeah. and drawing back into the, um, to the, that Israelite exodus narrative. Yep. Yep. And, and that I am phrase, um, really aligning, Jesus aligning himself with the Father. Yep. And it's the phrase that 
put a lot of the religious leaders really offside with yeah. him. Yep. Um, uh, it's just really interesting, and Jesus already touched on this and will again further on, that th this idea of Jesus saying, I and the Father are one. Yep. If you want to know what the Father's like, look yep. to me. Um, and so oh, I just think as we unpack our faith for ourselves... I reckon we're better off saying to discover what God's like, we're going to look to Jesus. Yes. But many of us will think we've already got a picture of God and struggle to see how Jesus fits that. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, so the way we think about God, yeah. um, I think the best starting place for us is to start with Jesus to mm -hmm. reveal God rather than some other things we think we know about God and then wondering how Jesus doesn't quite fit yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's I think that's really really helpful. Like we we can dismember the Trinity, can't we? Like mm. really easily and and get confused uh, between, you know, who 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 are these persons of the yeah. Trinity? It, you know, Jesus is going to say this a bunch of times in this passage so that we get the picture, but we really struggle to see it. Um, you know, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now yeah. on, you do know him and have seen him. So you've, if you've seen the son, you've seen the father. Yeah. Like yeah. Jesus is very, very clearly like mushing together his identity and the, yeah. and the identity of, of the Absolutely. father. That's, that's going to be really key as we go as well. I think it's also worth pointing out here that you know, this, this I am statement, I am the way, the truth and the life, no one yeah. can come to God the father except through me. Um, I, I reckon there's a perception in our society, particularly in the West, right. but maybe yeah. even wider, that it nearly sounds arrogant to say that Jesus yep. or Christianity is the only way to God. Yep. Um, there, there's a lot of world religions that if you, if you just have a, a fairly limited understanding of religion, because you, you yourself would say you're not religious... Um, it's quite interesting, I think, to, for people to think, well, all religions are the same. They yep. all end up at the same place. But just by definition, that, that can't be true because the, religion, the world, major world religions are so different yes. in what they believe, in, in what they ask you to do, in where they end up, that they're not ending up at the same place mm -hmm. with God. Yep. And so uh, I think it's important for us as, as Christian people to really yep. understand this because... Yes. We're, we are not just one of a dozen things you can pick yep. off and they all end up at the same place. Yep. Um, Jesus is really clear. I am the only way. The way. The way. I'm yep. not a way. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. The I am a way. Yeah. I am a truth. Yeah. I it is the. Yeah. And in the early, the early, early church was often known as the way. Yes. Are you a, are you a member or a yeah, follower, follower of, of the, the way. way? Yeah. I like yeah. that, actually. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yep. The way. <laughs> So let's continue. So we're in um, verse 8 of chapter 14 here. So Philip now says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So there's a bit of repetition in here, yeah, yep. but I think 
<laughs> we need we need the repetition because yeah, it takes us a while to get our heads around it. Yep. Yeah. Um. So we're we're going to see this. I think I think I noted like five times just in chapter fourteen that that Jesus does this where he. He, he just makes this statement that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Yep. And so he does that five times, at least, that I could find in chapter 14. Yep. And I know that he's doing it again in 15, 16, yep. and a bunch of times yep. in, in 17. And we, we gloss over this idea of in, I mm. think. Um, it's very easy to think that, that, um, that Jesus is like some separate kind of other, Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's a, there's a separateness between father and son and and spirit, and I think there's there's a uniqueness there. But Jesus is is saying really clear, I'm in the Father. Yeah. The Father is in me, yeah. and I think that in means in. I'm in the Father. The Father is the Father is in me, and so the words I speak are not my own because the Father is is living in me mm. and is doing His work through me. Yep. Um, Interesting that, you know, so at this point, the disciples have have been with Jesus for three years. Mm -hmm. And so we've just had Thomas kind of going, I don't really know what's going on. Philip's saying, show us, show us the father. So that's pretty heartening to think that even the disciples could be with Jesus and, and the penny still hasn't dropped. And I know that we've said a bunch of times over the last six or 12 months pretty clearly Revelation matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you can you can read this stuff and you can interrogate interrogate scripture, but there's a point where you know the penny has to drop from here to here, and and realise that there is something significant going on here. The Father is in the Son. The Son is in the Father. Yeah. And shortly we're going to see how we're implicated in. And, and you can't have that revelation for someone else. It's something no. we've got to push into this as ourselves. Yeah, as, as an individual to really wrestle with this this stuff that is very repetitive, but it's not simple. No. And I've <laughs> often thought, I've often had this silly thought of, you know, if I was actually one of the disciples and got to ha- hang out with the physical Jesus, yeah, yeah. Yep. surely this would make more sense. Yep. Because I was there <laughs> and I'm rubbing shoulders with him and I'm watching him and listening yep. to him. But, but you just said, you know, we just have to look and these disciples who were with him did not get it. Yep. Um, didn't get it right up until after he rose That's from right, the dead. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I love this little bit about the last sentence here, verse eleven. Or at least believe because of the yeah. work you have seen me do. Yeah. And I, I just need to pause and go. Okay, so what is the work that God mm-hmm. is doing in the world? Yeah. If Jesus was doing God's work and God's will, what is God doing in His world? And and, and we just need to step back and go, okay, so God is at work. He's on mission, so there's yep. an intentionality to it, to redeeming and reconciling and recreating and restoring all of creation back yes. into its, um, you know, his original desire and intent to yep. be in perfect relationship with him and, and one another. That's it. It's and um, so when we see Jesus doing his miracles, when we see healing... Mm and restoration and reconciliation and the defeat of evil and death 
that's the work God's doing yeah. in his world. It's all work of reconciliation, yeah. yep. of restoration, yeah. you know, of, re- of re- re- recovering that created order. Yeah. Yep. So, so he's saying to Philip mm. here, you know, be- believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, but mm. if you can't quite get there, at least just look yeah. at what I've been doing. Yeah, which is not, you know, we can read that and just think that um, it's just the miracles. Mm. So it's, it's the magic that would convince me. But we're saying it's more than that. Yeah. It's actually what is the nature and the intent and the direction of this work. Absolutely. Not just the magic. And it's not just the magic. As Jesus says to another group of people at one point yeah. of time, when they're asking for a miracle, yeah. he's saying, even if I perform it, it won't be enough to convince you. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, mm. it's just the, the whole life direction of Jesus is towards restoration, reconciliation. Um, It's for the betterment of everyone he comes in contact with. Mm, Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah, I'm not going to look at that. Keep going? Yeah. Um, Verse 12. So this is still Jesus speaking, more red letters. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works Mm. because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Well, this this here, this is where people can be taking paths that get a little bit off track. Um, But I just want to, that word believe in that first sentence there, verse 12, we have been saying right from the beginning of John's, exploring John's gospel, John wrote his gospel that you may believe. Yep. And, we're, and we know that belief is not just mental assent to thinking something is true. It's shaping your whole life towards that reality. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the same word. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is pisteo, mm-hmm. which we um, also will translate as, as faith. And so we all, you know, having that understanding of this is not just agreement. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is that lived out, embodied trust that orients my life yep. my, my life is now grounded in that piece of truth it shapes my behaviors yep. my actions my responses yep yep They're like yep. in the same way that i would believe in gravity yeah or yep yeah absolutely um can i just encourage you if you're taking notes that check out james chapter 2 um, particularly verses 14 to 26 where james who we think the you know the brother of jesus is writing what it means to to actually put your belief into action yep. and putting it into action or your faith into action is what actually solidifies yep. that you truly believe it yeah. because yeah. you're acting on it. And so that, that then is that notion of works, yep. which is interesting with the way that we've just looked at it too here yeah. in terms of works as being, you know, it, it is that that active participation in reconciliation. Yep. That's yep. the works. Yeah, yep. so that's really important. Yep. Yep. Um, also to hear like this you know in my name asking it in my name you know we can read that simplistically too and just think that if we if we ask for anything and tack Jesus name on the end mm-hmm. as just some honorific yep. thing like if I put Jesus name at the end of whatever prayer I pray yep. you know it's the open sesame yep. and I'll what abracadabra yeah, or yeah. whatever yeah. it is it's a little incantation or magic formula yeah yeah yep. But here, like, you know, this idea of name, um, it really is the, 
you know, everything about Jesus. It is, it is the authority and the status and the personhood of Christ. So I'm, I'm making a request. So it's another in thing yeah. from within the personhood of Christ, from within the name, the authority, the, the status, within the relationship that the son has with the father. It's within that that I'm making a request. And so therefore that request must be attuned to the work. Yes. You know, it's yep. not Jeff's request. That's not asking in Jesus' yeah. name. Right. But for me to ask within Jesus' name is to, is to ask within the authority and the status of, of, of Christ in a manner that, that accords with his mission. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, on the surface, it's very easy for this to go awry. It's easy yeah, yeah, yep. to think that I can just add the phrase in Jesus' Isn't name Jesus at the name? end of my yep. prayer. And therefore, Jesus has to yep. give me what I'm asking yep. for. That, yep. that will be an exercise in disappointment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and so he continues in the passage. If you love me, Jesus says mm. from verse 15, obey my commandments mm. and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate mm. who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Right. So here's some of these phrases again, these these in you phrases, um, asking the Father and he'll give what you ask, um, the issue of love again. Um, but the word that jumps out for me is obedience. Yeah. If you love me, obey my commands. Mm-hmm. And I can't get past just the simplicity of the best expression, I think, of our love for Jesus mm-hmm. is that we're obedient. Yeah. Now... As a parent, when when you're raising children, particularly when they're younger, if your children are obedient to what you ask them to do, the harmony in the relationship and the the blessing, because you're you're actually asking them to do things that are good for them, Mm -hmm. um, there's something beautiful about that happening. Mm -hmm. But when there's disobedience, um, it's not it's not the same is it so so you know i even have to look just at the the physical example of how i live and i go it makes sense with obedience comes freedom and trust and love and honor and respect and all those things um and 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 obedience is the key yeah 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 um it, it is. It's a really interesting connection, isn't? Isn't it between love and obey? Yeah. Love me. Yep. Obey my commandments. I think we see that again down the track as well. Mm. But the you know it's this this love here. It's where our our language lets us down again. Is this yep. is that agape love, which is self emptying love. Mm. It is. It it is that my. Um, I'm far more interested in you than in me. I'm emptying myself of my of my own for desires benefit. for my benefit, yep. and and it is others focused, outward oriented love. And so, if if I'm loving Jesus, then then my interests are giving way to His. So of course I'm going to obey, yeah. because I've actually put down my own my own wants and my own needs and wishes, because it's yep. all it's all about Him. And it's fascinating there that you know if you love me, so if you empty yourself for me you will obey my commandments um and i th- i th- we we can read that as this is a performance oriented thing 
But I reckon obeying Jesus is evidence of that love. Like yep. you do it anyway. Yep. And the commandment, like what's the commandment? What's the commandment that Jesus gives us? Yeah, well, Keith, Keith just unpacked that last week, didn't he? The, com- the yep. new command is yep. love one another love as one I have loved you. So if you love me, love yeah. one another. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, here's the thing. Like it seems simple, but yep. you know, to love God who, who I physically can't see, yep. the best way I show I love God yes. is by loving the people around me who I physically can see yeah. and I'm physically rubbing shoulders with. And, and to love them, I, I am able to love them by being obedient to mm-hmm. the things Jesus has commanded us. Yep. It's good. Yeah. Um, I reckon I also, for me, there was just echoes of, of the Great Commission. At the end of Matthew's yes. Gospel, the last thing Matthew records Jesus saying is, go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yep. So part of that following of Jesus, the discipleship to Jesus, um, probably the key aspect of that is obedience. Mm. Um, we know we are disciples. We know we are followers when we are obedient to what he's calling us to do. And that call is to love. Yep. And so therefore we come right back to what you touched on earlier, that this is how people will know that you're my disciples, yes. the way you love one another. The way you love one another. And it, and it all just sort of yeah, yep. comes together really nicely. Yep. Yep. Um, that word uh, advocate, um, you know, th- there's a lot of scholars who will... Uh, wrestle with the best way to translate yep. that, that word that, that we've got here as advocate. Now, what are some of the other... Yeah, helper, alongsider. I like yeah, that alongsider. One. The, along, the alongsider yep. is a good one. Yeah. Um, um, Counselor is, is sometimes used. Yep. yep. It's, it's hard to find a real, a real exact, uh, exact kind of match. Yeah, de- defender, the one that speaks on your behalf, yep. but the uh, co-labor, labourer, yeah. travelling partner. Mm. And it's interesting, it's only, it's only the... W- one of the only, could be the only masculine noun referring to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and right. so we do, we do correctly read that when Jesus is talking about he. But remember, this, isn't, this is a descriptor of the Holy Spirit rather than the identity of the Holy yeah, Spirit. That's, that's so it's good. appropriate that's that it would say he. Yeah. Throughout the Old Testament, like Ruach, the, the Spirit, is feminine mm, uh, okay. all the way through. Um, and spirit in the New Testament is is neutral. It's neither male nor female. So there there is actually a little bit of translator imposition throughout history, right. where we think that the Holy Spirit is male gendered, and I think it it can be unhelpful. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. I think. I, I reckon there's another biggie here. Yeah. Yeah. So just this idea uh, again. This there's this mushing together of identities. So Jesus has already said the Father and, and I are kind of one. I'm one yep. And now he's saying the same thing about the Holy Spirit in, uh, yes. in 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to be able to recognize him because you know him, because he lives with you now. And will later be in you. And will later be yeah. in you. Yeah. So, so it's like there's this... There's this notion, I can't say part, there, there's... The Holy Spirit is present with the disciples now in the person of Jesus. Yep. And will be present with them, within them. Will be present in them yep. when he yes. gives the Spirit to them. So yep. as the Father go, the Son goes to, to the Father yeah. and the Spirit will be poured out. And so now this this familiar Holy Spirit, who we will know, because yep. we've just spent all this time with him, yeah. will be in us. 
And that's where that's where Jesus can say, it's, it's actually better for you if I go yep. away, because when I go away, I will send the Spirit. Yeah. And that's better for you. Mm. Mm. I reckon they they would have wrestled with that big time. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, how how could you know otherwise? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, verse eighteen. Yep. Um, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So this is interesting too. We'll, we'll get, I'll keep reading. So, yep. um, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. It's like, oh man, all right, okay. <laughs> I mean, th- there is an invitation here, isn't there? So we- we've touched on what we call the Trinity, the Father, Son, Spirit, mm. in this mutual self-giving, emptying love yep. towards one another that we can't fully grasp. Yep. And Jesus is saying here that we now are invited into that relationship. that's it. And that blows your mind. Yep. We are invited into the life that the Father, Son and Spirit have together. We are invited into the love that the Father, Son and Spirit have together. And Jesus is saying, this is actually what it's all about. This, this is, is what, what I've been. This is what I've been heading towards. This is why I've been yep. here. This is where we're heading, and yep. and it's just like this would be blowing their mind. Yep, yeah, that that's right. This this is the end game. This yeah. is the the big picture. Yep. that I would I would be through my spirit. I would be in you and binding you into this relationship of Father, Son, yeah. and and Spirit. I will yep. not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Yep. And since I live, you also will live because it's his life that you share. Yeah. And it's this, and it's this bond of love that Father, Son, Spirit shares that we've been invited into. Uh, Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 8 when he's got this, this great chapter about living life in the Spirit, in the reality of the, the Spirit being in you. And, and you're probably familiar with it, but he talks about that, that nothing, no thing can separate us from God's yeah. love. When, when God's Spirit is in us and God's Spirit is in Christ and in the Father yeah. and the Father's in Christ and the Spirit's in Christ, when all that's happening and that's a reality, nothing can separate yeah. us from that love that exists, mm. which is so, so reassuring, yes. so affirming. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the fourth time where he says, I'm, I'm in my Father and, you, and now, and this thing, and you are in me and I'm in you. Yep. So we've got everybody together now. Yep. So, so we, we've already established that, that the Spirit is, in, is, in, is Christ and is in Christ and, 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 and the Son is in the Father. And now we've got to this point that you've just said um, that you are in me and I'm in you. Mm. So now we're, all, now we're all together here. But it's the word no. Um, I don't know what verse that's in. When I'm raised to life again, you will know. Some translations say that you will realise. So so to know something or to realise something is to come to grips with what is already true. Yeah. So it's not to come to grips with something that's a potential. Mm. Right? Okay. It's yep. coming to grips with something you're going to realise. It's bumping up against reality. You're bumping up against reality and now yep. the penny's going to drop and you are going to realise that this is already true. I'm in my Father and you are in me and I'm in you. Yeah. 
And so this idea of no, you know, it is, a, it is already true. And I reckon we can get stuck in, oh, maybe this could be true for me if I'm good enough. Yep. Like if I yes. do the right things. Yep. If I tick the boxes. But yeah, it's really clear that no, this is already it's already true. True. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So so this this life that Jesus is talking about that exists in Father, Son, Spirit that we are invited into. Yep. Um, let me just read uh, again from Romans chapter eight a little passage where where Paul is talking to the Roman church about this reality. I'm going to read from the Message translation, starting in verse fifteen. He says, This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? I love that. God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are. It's Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance with Christ. I love that picture, mm. that, that it's this, this father-son relationship that yep. we now have mm-hmm. with God the Father yep. because we are in Christ, because yes. the Spirit is in us, and because Christ is in the Father. I will not abandon you as orphans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. So much in it. Yep. It's good. So then we continue from verse 22. So Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other one, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Mm. Well, it's a bit in that. Yep. So we've got the love and obey thing again. All who love me will do what I say. Uh, Whoever doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember that this this obedience is about loving one another, Mm. loving God and loving, loving others. Yeah. And so, th- so this is the mode. Like when we talk about, you, you talked about this idea of the bond of love, um, and and so theologians have written about this for centuries. That bond of love that exists between Father, Son, and Spirit for all eternity, and they use all these words like coherence and theosis, and you know all, all, all kinds of interesting stuff. Jesus just calls it abiding. It's the yeah. same idea of abide in me, and I and I will abide, abide in you. And the mechanism of this this life together is love like that that is this this dynamism between father son and spirit yeah. that we are now invited into and so so we are free to love god and love others because we know that we are perfectly loved yeah that's what allows us to risk everything for love yeah because we've been enfolded into that dynamic and that relationship love. of love yeah, so we are good. now free to love yeah there's a lot in that, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so that, that actually is salvation. Um, and we can, you know, we can go down this rabbit trail of salvation is just, a, just about wiping the slate clean and the forgiveness of sins. And that's true. Jesus did that. That's done. Salvation is this life in Christ. Yeah. 
you know, this, yep. this is it. This is the hope of glory, Christ within me, you know. Um, and so it is this life together. It's Christ's everlasting life that I participate in. This mm. is salvation. This yeah. is everlasting life. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jesus says, um, you know, this is eternal life, that you would know me yes. and know the Father. Yep. Yep. Th- and, the, and the word know yeah. is that, you know, most intimate of knowings. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not, not know about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm. what, what I love in th- this passage, my, my father will love them and we will come and make our home with yeah. each of them. So what we've seen in, just in this chapter, right at the beginning, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go away and pre- prepare a place for you. Mm. And now we're reading that, no, because of the Holy Spirit who is in Christ and in, in the Father and they're all connected, because the Holy Spirit is going to come and be in you, yep. Not only have I gone, Jesus saying, not only have I gone to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to prepare you to be the kind of person who is suitable for that place. So I'm going to come and make my home in you. And I'm going to shape you and mold you and transform you. I'm going to make you like me, Mm. Christ-like, so that the greatest reality is that you can live in in the place I've prepared for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just love that. God... Jesus prepares a place for us. God comes to live in us and with us. Yeah. And there's this meta-narrative, I think, that touches right through Scripture, this thread that runs right through. God's greatest desire is to be with us. That's it. Yep. It's to be with us. It's how we started right in Genesis. Yep. God was beautifully with his human creation. Yep. It went awry and the whole story mm-hmm. is heading towards where that's a reality that's again. Right. God wants to be with us. Over and over and again, over again through the prophets, I yeah. will be their God and they will be my yeah. people. I'll yeah. be with them, with them, yeah. with them. And he was with them in the garden, then he was yeah. with them in a tent, then he was with them in a, mm. a building, then he was now with us in our bodies yes. so that we can be with him yep. in the renewed creation. Mm. It's a beautiful picture. It is. Yep. Uh, verse 27. Yeah. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. Mm. The gift. So he is, he's coming back to the start of, of at least this passage, the way that it's constructed here. Don't, yep. don't let your hearts be troubled. Yep. And so I'm leaving you with this gift. And it's not, it's not the peace of mind and the peace of heart that can, can be found or exists anywhere <coughs> in this, this earthly plane. Yep. This is some kind of transcendent peace. And the world confidence. can't give you this. You can't, can't find this this. Yep gift of peace in yep. anything that exists in creation. Yep. Yep. Um, but he's already told us what it is that he's giving us. Mm. Um, that is the Holy Spirit. Yep. And it's interesting when, when we look at, you know, Galatians with what's commonly known as the fruit of the Spirit, peace is one of the, yep. the major fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a peace that, you know, we, we can't go down this track of thinking, okay, so with God, everything's sweet in my life. Yep. I'm going to be problem-free, hassle-free, everything's going to run smoothly. Yep. 
but it's a piece that says mm. regardless of what life throws at us yep. there's this deep assurance and trust yes. and faith that God is with me yep. he's in me I'm in him mm-hmm. I, I, I am safe and secure in the kingdom of God yep. um, there are circumstances that can affect me but you know I'm just looking at the fruit of the spirit and so there, there's things like peace and there's joy and yes. there's faithfulness and there's um, kindness all these things can be true despite our circumstances mm. because of God's presence um, so fruit of the spirit is 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 really the overflow or the evidence of the spirit's yeah, presence at work yeah not stuff that we strive for yeah, that's right yeah, yeah. And peace is also a relational word. So there is that that, that kind of sense of peace that I have peace, but peace is interpersonal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you if you trace, you know, if, if you were looking at the Old Testament notion of peace, of shalom, yep. or what we translate as peace, shalom, um, it is profoundly interpersonal. So yes. it is about right relationships. Yep. And so even here, like when I, when I give you this gift of the Holy Spirit, that is you in right relationship. That is you in right rela- relationship with the Father. Yep. And if you're in right relationship with the Father and you love the Father, then you will obey His commandments, yep. which is to love one another. Being in right relationship and with others. And when you're in right yep. relationship with one another. Yep. yep. And, then, and then extend out to actually right relationship with creation. Yes. Yeah, which is really important as well. Yep. Um, I love how, again, he's repeated here. Um, I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Yep. Again, John is just banging that drum yep. that th- this teaching from Jesus, this interaction with Jesus is so we would believe. Yes. Um, and yeah, that, that's where we've been you know, pitching everything we've been looking at. So, if, if you want to go on a little side tangent study, have a look at Isaiah 42, the first nine verses, which kind of peg out the history of the universe. Um, but it, it lands in this in this same place. There's a very deliberate echo here. I'm going to tell you these things before they happen. So look at Isaiah 42, the first nine verses. I also found it interesting as I've read through John's gospel. Be with you. <laughs> he is the bringer and the giver of, yep. of the gift the of peace. Yep, Prince of Peace. Yeah. So then our last little bit um, from verse 31, 30 and 31. I don't have much more time to talk to you, Jesus says, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Mm. Come on, let's get going, he says. Yep, come on, let's yeah. be going. Yep, let's be going. Yeah, I reckon they're probably thinking at this point, stop talking, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, be, uh, yeah. Information I'm, overload. I'm, I'm hey. full. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and you know w- whether Jesus' reference to you know the um, ruler of this world, whether that's representing the Roman Empire and Caesar, yep. or whether that's representing Satan, um, either way, Jesus made it really clear: no one has power over him. Yeah. He's willingly submitting to yes. this process because of his love for the Father, yep. his love for us, that union that we've been talking about. Um, and it's really cool that as we go further and we unpack into chapter 15 yeah um he starts saying this stuff again but yeah. in another way that helps us understand it mm. um a bit more agricultural yes which is pretty cool yep yeah that's good you have to choose slowly don't you yep. like you can race through this this stuff but it, it's very like it's significant like we were saying before like this 
Jesus is unpacking the end game here. Like he's, this is part of the big reveal. This is what it is that he is ultimately, uh, ultimately about. He's going to keep doing that over the, over this yep. next couple of chapters. Yeah. Yep. So stay with us. Keep being on the journey with us. I think we think it's really, really significant that we're mm-hmm. taking our time in John's gospel, yep. so that you may believe. Um, yeah. You know, even what we've been able to do with you today. Um, we, w- we would encourage you that as, as you engage with Scripture personally or with a friend or as a home group, um, th- this is one way you can do it. It's yeah. just this reading through it, the discussing, the wrestle, the, the finding the links mm-hmm. to things that you already are aware of. And it's actually a really helpful way to engage with Scripture. So we, we trust it's been helpful for you. That was John chapter 14. Join us next Sunday um, as we uh, continue into John chapter 15. Be good. Yep. Yep. See you then. Bye.